to MLR Kickoff, episode 59, with your host, Dan Power, and for tonight, Mark Strabina, featuring Player of the Week, Jason Robertson. Well, folks, another week of MLR action in the bag, and what a week it was. We had an absolute bumper weekend, six games, all very competitive, all very close, as Major League Rugby is a quarter of the way through, and finding its stride, as you heard in the intro. Pete Steinberg is on Baby Watch. He's up at the hospital right now with his lovely wife, Yvonne, uh, trying her best to give birth to a baby boy. So stepping into the shoes, uh, filling them in like like Bigfoot into a pair of size eights is Mark Stabina, the legend himself. Stabby, thanks for joining the show, brother. Dan Power, absolute pleasure. I am not on Baby Watch, so uh, I, I'm more than, uh, more than happy to be here. Well, for your girlfriend's sake, I would hope you're not on Baby Watch or you'd be in a lot of trouble. Also joining us, Player of the Week, Jason Robinson from Old Glory, the fly half for Old Glory, by the way, of New Zealand. Jason, appreciate you jumping on this late on a Wednesday night, brother. No, no worries. Thanks for having me. Nice to hear from you guys. Absolutely. Player of the Week for Major League Rugby. Uh, big performance from yourself against Atlanta in CBS Sports Game of the Week on Sunday night. First of all, just give us your initial thoughts on that game against Atlanta and how the week was leading up to it, game plan, what you thought, and how you saw the Atlanta game uh, from your perspective. Uh, yeah, we knew it was going to be a really tough game. We had a, a really physical encounter with them come preseason, so they've naturally become a rival of, of ours. So we came into the game... With all, all guns blazing, but from the kick from the kickoff, it didn't seem to go to, go to plan. We uh, led in two tries pretty early, but we did well to fight back. Um, managed to go into half time with the lead, and yeah, hung on at the end with a in a tight one, which was good, really good for our our fans and our organ, organization. So yeah, we had a good day. Yeah, uh, Jason, um, you obviously you're at home again this week, and uh, you, you've got some momentum. It's a very tight conference, you'd have to agree. You're playing a team from the West. Uh, how, do you, how do you see that one playing out? What, what, do, you, uh, what do you know of Colorado and uh, how are you preparing for it? Uh, yeah, with Colorado, they obviously had a bit of a tough start, but they're starting to find their form now. Um, got some really good individuals, um, Renner Ranger and Mason Emerson and the likes. So, yeah, they're starting to gel together now. And Obviously, knocking off Toronto last week there a force to be reckoned with. So we're going to have to be in our best performance this weekend to come up trumps against these guys. So, yeah. And, uh, and, and buddy, I mentioned that the tight conference, um, obviously second on the table at the moment, but Nola snapping at your heels, Rooney also not far behind Atlanta. You disposed of them. Uh, how do you, how do you just, how do you see the rest of the season playing out? Yeah, it's, like you said, it's been really tight. Um, all the teams in the East are pretty competitive and on any day, any team can beat anyone. So I guess the key for us is really winning our home games and winning our conference games. Not to say that the games across conferences aren't as important, but yeah, really winning our, our home games will be really important for us moving forward, I guess. Let's talk a little bit about your performance on Sunday. Is it, is it do we go Jason, Robbo, JR? What, what do you prefer before we go? Yeah, on? um... Uh, Robbo is pretty is, a, is pretty popular back home in New Zealand. Bit of an Aussie thing, I suppose, as well. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess just Jace. I'm I'm Jace to everybody here. I guess um, Ty- Tiger Two. Danny Tisitala. No, he's Tiger One. You're Tiger Two. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll be number two to him any day of the week. 
Well, let's talk about your game on the weekend. 16 points, mate, all come off the, the kicking tee for you. But for me, what really stands out in your game, Jace, is 11 carries for 70 metres. Now, a lot of 10s happy to distribute and, and kick, but you are truly a triple threat. You love running the ball and taking the line on as well. When you first got to DC, what was that conversation like with the coaching staff in terms of how you want to put your DNA onto you know, the old glory blueprint? Yeah, I guess with Coach Andrew Douglas, I, um, I had a good relationship with him back in New Zealand and he knew what the strengths of my game were and he really wanted to get the best out of me here. He knew uh, the last couple of years I've kind of had a little bit of that taken away from me. So when I got here, he kind of gave me a bit of a free license to play my game and it's, my confidence is through the roof. So um, yeah, I hope you don't want to have to have more than 11 carries a game, I guess. But yeah, at times, uh, yeah, I'm not afraid to take the line on and something I really enjoy doing. All right, let's look forward to this week coming up. You take on the Colorado Raptors. Uh, Mark already mentioned that, a cross-conference game. A couple of names in that team that you've got your eye on? Yeah, obviously a couple of Kiwi boys and uh, obviously an all-black and Rene Ranger and a pretty electric outside back and Mason Emerson we're going to have to deal with pretty well. But they've also got some really hard-working forwards that are proving to be hard to deal with. So, yeah, across the board, we're going to miss you on our best performance this weekend. Jason, yeah, you mentioned Rene Ranger and Emerson. Uh, I had the pleasure of calling one of their games, and, and Rene was was a standout. Obviously, one thing that Colorado have have lacked is is that leadership, and he finally brings that. Can you can you speak into a little bit more specifically how you think you're gonna? Not to focus too much on the opposition, but how do you contain a player like that? And Emerson from fullback as well is on fire. Yeah, I guess we've just got to start with him on the ball. Um, as we've shown throughout the competition, the longer we hold on to the ball, uh, we score points. So if we can build phases and really put them under pressure, we're going to come away with points. And I guess on the flip side is, I don't know, with, with Mason at fullback kind of kicking away from him or I guess, yeah, again, like again, starving him with the ball and shutting him down in close quarters because in open spaces, he's pretty electric and same with, same with Ranger. So yeah, we're going to have to be really smart about how we deal with those two. That'll be a great game, mate. That is, uh, of course, at home, back out there at Cardinal Stadium. Speaking of which, talk a little bit about your DC experience thus far. How has it been playing at Cardinal Stadium, the old glory setup, and then in Washington, DC, as a city in general? Yeah, I guess Cardinal Stadium is a bit, of, a bit unique. It's, uh, it's obviously a football field, which is not, not too flash on the eye, but it's something where we're making home and we've got... I'd say we've probably got one of the better fan bases in the competition already. And even though it's our first year, we've got a we've had a sellout crowd with Seattle. We had a really good crowd again on the weekend on a six PM kickoff and on a Sunday. So yeah, we're really embracing that and making it uh, I guess a strong point of ours. And um yeah, DC I'm loving it. It's such a cool city, obviously the nation's capital. Uh so much to do here, so much history, so much to see. Um other sports teams which are pretty successful like the Capitals, it's a cool to go see. Um yeah. Hell of a city, good bunch of boys, and yeah, I'm really enjoying it here so far. Let's go through some of your teammates now. Who has really stood out for you in the uh, opening parts of this season? Uh, give me, give me a forward and a back that's really stood out for you for Old Glory though uh, thus far. Uh, Forward-wise, it's hard to look past Mango Mason, our leader, our fearless leader, our captain. He's um, yeah, he's been exactly that. He's been leading from the front, actions. He's leading tackle every week and someone who can really get up and follow. So, yeah, it's hard to look past Mungo. And the backs, uh, I'd have to go with the roommate, Danny Tissitala. He um, he makes my job a hell of a lot easier. His, uh, his speed to break down is 
decision making, his skill set is, is awesome and makes my job a hell of a lot easier. So I guess the, the accolades I'm getting can't be just from me. It's he deserves no at least half of that's for sure. Oh, maybe forty five percent. Not not half. <laughs> yeah. Not there yet. You got a yellow card. He almost cost you guys. What was he thinking? Yeah, it was a bit harsh. I think that one. I, I got to ask you about Mungo Mason. You know, he was interviewed by Stacey Pates for the game, and I'm like, why were we interviewing the team's accountant? You look at his stats. You have no idea that he he, he dead set looks like an accountant. Like he should be pushing <laughs> pencils for a living, wearing a propeller on his hat. Yet he's absolutely crushing it. When you turned up, did you yeah. take one look at him and be like, this guy's this guy's our captain? Well, uh, funnily enough, I actually grew up with Mungo. So we, we grew up playing under 10s, under 12s together back home in Mount Mungo in New Zealand. And then we played together after school with Waikato in Waikato, New Zealand. So I knew Mungo pretty well coming over here. So I knew exactly what he'd bring to the table. Oh, so you've been wondering that your entire life then? Not just, yeah. I was just 10 minutes. I'm like, who is this guy? Why is he wearing <laughs> yeah. a jersey? No, just kidding. He's a great player. Statistically speaking, awesome. probably uh, one of the leaders of MLR this year. All right, mate, let's uh, look forward quite a ways forward. Old glory, you've got to get out of the East. You've got Toronto, uh, a couple other teams snapping around. What is going to be the difference that's going to get old glory into the final this year? I guess at the moment is our set piece. We're going to have, having a little bit of troubles with set piece. So we can, if we can sort that out, you know, look towards 90% success rate with our set piece, we're going to be, uh, we're going to be there come, come playoff time because, uh, as we've shown, once we can hold the ball and build phases, we're, we're pretty good. So, yeah, I guess it's just getting our set piece right and obviously staying injury-free, obviously with MLR and the way the salary cap works, is uh, the depth of teams is quite, is obviously not as deep as we'd like. So, I guess just maintaining the health of players in, in key areas, yeah, I reckon, I reckon those two are massive for us. Well, we'll let you get to bed, mate. I know it's the East Coast and it's late out there. Just from a personal note, I've... Absolutely love watching you play this year. Love the way you play 10 and the way you run that back line. Like I said, triple threat. You can pass, you can run, you can kick, you can do it all. Excited to see what the rest of the season looks like for you and Old Glory up there. No, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. What what about some social media, mate? Where can the fans find you on social media? Uh, I'm on Instagram. So, yeah, I guess you can check me a follow on Instagram. Um, Pretty active on this. What is it? At, At what? What you, what's your uh, handle? At Jace underscore Robertson 17, I think it is. All right. Well, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find you tonight. There you go. I'll be yeah. the first one. I'll, I'll lead the charge. Everyone, <laughs> Jace underscore Robinson 17. I can't wait. It better be some good material, mate. I'm all about the gram. <laughs> I'll keep you updated. <laughs> You're the man. All right, Jace. Until next time, appreciate it. Player of the week from Old Glory, fly half Jason Robinson. An outstanding performance on the weekend for him and his side in their win over Atlanta. Thanks again for joining the show, big guy. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. And there you go, Mark. Player of the week. And uh, what a performance it was there on a Sunday night for Jason Robinson. That combination between him and Tussie Tala, I, I dread the defensive coach's jobs around that Eastern Conference in particular, trying to game plan against those two. I know. I mean, he, he played a great game. He just marshals the troops so well. The goal kicking uh, on song. 67 points out in front at the moment. Seven points clear of Sam Malcolm. And, uh, you know, he'll take some stopping if he keeps playing like that. So a great acquisition for the old glory. And, but what about that conference, the Eastern Conference? I mean, not to take anything away from the West, but just seeing how tight the table is right now and, and the quality of... I've been really impressed with the new additions to the league game. 
Yeah, the expansion was always the question, right? It was like, how's the East going to look with these expansion sides? How's the player pool going to look? But I've been so impressed. And I believe the ledger heavily favours, heavily havers, or heavily favours as I prefer, uh, the East in terms of the for and against against the West. So, yeah, it's uh, good to be in East Coast in terms of the uh, Biggie versus Tupac. Biggie in front right now. (laughs) All right, bud, let's jump into the games this week. Toronto, Colorado. At Infinity Park, it was Friday night footy for Major League Rugby, the first Friday night game of the year, I believe. And it was the home side, Colorado, breaking the unbeaten streak off the Toronto Arrows, 22 points to 19. What were your initial thoughts on this one, mate? Well, really pleased, actually, to to see the result when it came through for uh, Colorado because, you know, zero and three after three games, uh, early on and just not playing like the Colorado of, of old and Pete Borlase, personal friend of mine uh, doing his best over there. So just uh, Luke, uh, Luke Gross as well, two of the nicest guys in world rugby and just really struggling to, to get on the board and they don't often lose at home, as you know, in Infinity Park. So they had a win the previous week. They scraped past um, Utah it was. So that was good to get the monkey off the back for them. So then, to add to that against arguably one of the top teams, you've got San Diego in the West, but the top team of the East to get a win, even though it was at home against Toronto, that's, that's huge for them. And this could be the turning point for them. Yes, yeah, certainly could. You know who really stood out for me, Stabby, was Sam Slade, the number eight. Eight carries 101 metres. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Over 10 metres to carry. That is like upper echelon stuff there for the number eight. Carrying the ball with mean intentions. He was outstanding. And uh, Robbie Petzer, well, um, I am a unabashed fan of Robbie Petzer. He has been uh, a bright, shining star for Colorado, even through those early hiccups, like you mentioned, for the Raptors. Yeah, Petzer, he's, he's one guy. I mean, when Rene Ranger came off, I'm talking about the game against Utah for their first win of the season uh, that I happened to call, he, uh, he really took over. He stepped up and took the leadership off. Um, Rennie Ranger's hands then. So he showed his leadership class. Great kicker of the ball as well. Yeah, the pretzel. He's good. By the way, I just made that up. Pretzel. Just sounded right. Petzer. I, I always think that when I see the name and I say the name, Pretzel, I'd be really interested to see if that is has ever been a nickname of his. What do you think, Dan? We'll see how that goes over. When's your next Colorado game? That's a really good question. Uh, it's not for a little while. So Petzer's Pretzels. Out. We'll have to plant the seeds somehow. Uh, when's your next Colorado game? We might need you to do it. I don't know. I've got to look at the schedule. It's, it's not up. this week. I don't have a game this week. I'm staying at home with the family. I can't wait. Lucky man. Are you, you're, are you working this weekend? Let's just totally divert the conversation. <laughs> we'll, get, well, we'll get to the game that I uh, am calling. Let's go. New Orleans, New England. It's the battle of the news. Uh, Free Jacks, Nola Gold. Nola end up getting this one 31-22. The game was actually quite tight towards the back end, but New Orleans run away with it. Uh, Cam Dolan, another intercept try, which is almost death and taxes now, right? Cam Dolan getting an intercept for a try at some point in the game. New Orleans, a much-needed win at home down on the, uh, the gold mine there. What were your initial thoughts on this one, big guy? Yeah, I thought Nola would be pretty hard to beat uh, on the road for, uh, for New England. And they've had mixed results the Free Jacks, you know, they started really well in the season and it was going to be a big ask. But like you said, it was a tight game. 
uh, a little scrappy at times. It was a little bit all over the place. New England started like a house on fire, uh, but Nola just had that fighting spirit. Definitely that intercept turned for them and they were able to hang on in the end. I mean, Cam Dolan, I don't think he ever makes his way to the middle of the field, if you know, unless there's a scrum, unless there's an absolute need for him to be in the middle. Otherwise, he loves hanging out in those flanks, either in defence or attack. And uh, Johnny on the spot for that one. And then they just they managed to run away with it. So Nola, again, not as... I mean, they're just quietly going about their business, aren't they? They made a big noise last season. I think they were eight from eight or something like that for the start and then kind of ran out of steam. So this might suit them that they have other teams around them doing the business and they're just going about it quietly, sat third on the Eastern Conference uh, table at the moment. And maybe that's where they prefer to be. You could be right, mate. Cam Dolan. Uh, but you know those type of players, those tall, rangy players, they're tough to tackle oh. out wide too. Just long arms, long legs, and tough to get a read on their stride. So he, he's a damaging player out there. I tell you, I've got a man crush alert coming up. I know I have a few of them, but I've got a new one. You want to hear it? <laughs> Do I have a choice? Yeah, number 13 on his back, number one in my heart, Carl Meyer. 11 carries 131 metres. Let me t- Tell you, this South African stud muffin, Vanola Gold, he's absolutely on fire. He's moved to 13. Now, JP off his back has been a masterstroke for New Orleans. They've looked fantastic with him there, and I'm, I'm just liking everything about him, everything about him. Real solid player. What are your I, thoughts? I, I'm reluctant to comment. I have nothing. I just, uh, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't want you to get jealous or, or get a little weird or awkward, so I'll just, I'll just let you have your man crush. And um, let's, let's carry on. All right. Now, we're going to go to one of your games. We're going to go all the way to the Pacific Northwest. And what a game this was. I'm fortunate to have landed in D.C. Or was, it, was that the airport? I might have been at the airport watching this one. And 33-31 is the final score for Utah. But, Mark, that final 20 minutes is probably the best 20 minutes of Major League Rugby I've watched in three years. Yeah, Dan. Uh, really, that 20 minutes was, was exceptional. It was something else. But I've got to say, the whole game, I mean, it had everything. That game had everything you could think of. It had, it had yellow cards. It, it had uh, sort of try, try versus try. It was end-to-end stuff. There was tactics as well. Uh, you had a bumper crowd, as always, up in Seattle. So you had that energy behind it. And, and what about that finish? So not, not without controversy either. Obviously, a lot, of the, a lot of the local fans weren't too happy with some of the referees' calls. Old Frederic Platage. By the way, uh, he is not um, French, as I uh, first just uh, assumed. Brazilian. He, he's Brazilian. Yeah. So much to my horror. After the game, I started speaking French to him, and he looked at me really funny. So, yeah, I was, I was calling him Monsieur Plate the entire game. A little Sorry, Portuguese. Yeah. Sorry, Freddie. Close enough. It's not too it's far. Enough. Portugal, France, it's only Spain in between the two. You yeah. weren't too far away. But he, um, look, he called, he called a great game uh, for the most part. And, but there, there, there was some controversy. That, that penalty try uh, that he called against Seattle, uh, at one stage, Seattle, you know, had, they had two yellow cards. So they, they really kind of shot themselves in the foot. And I really think they underestimated Utah. That's what it was. That's what it seemed like to me. Uh, it's a fortress up there, as you know, Dan. You've called many games. So they know that they have that to fall back on. 
They really left when it comes to that. They've needed to turn around their, their early slump and they were looking great. But Utah is one of those teams that just, they, they're just there. They never go away, right? And, and we, I spoke to Chris Latham, head coach, after the game, and they stepped it up a notch. They finally found another gear uh, because they make a nuisance of themselves and they show a lot of potential and promise. But he says they are far from fulfilling their potential. So watch out for Utah. Yeah, I believe that. You know, you talk about the penalties, Mark. The thing that jumped out for me from the 67th minute, there was a Jake Ilnicki penalty for collapsing the scrum. Mm-hmm. Then until the end of the game, 11 penalties against Seattle, one against Utah, which is, of course, the Brock Stoller penalty that gave them the lead late in the game. Wow. But 11 to 1, the penalty count late in the game there. So Seattle fans maybe can... Uh, feel a little justified in that, but you've got to call it how you see it at the end of the game. And they were under pressure and Utah got it done. I, I got to admire, you know, when they had that penalty next to the post and the three points for the draw was on offer and they said, nope, let's pack a scrum. And they kept at them. And like you said, the Utah of old would have somehow figured out a way to lose that game, but they stuck in there and they got the win and uh, exciting times out of Utah. I think they're second in the West now with that result. Yes, they are. They're on 12 points. A little bit behind San Diego, obviously, 5-0. Five, five oh. um, so, yeah, they're 2-2-1. They're, they're two, two and one. They had that draw, which they actually salvaged. So they can take some confidence, even though they didn't get the win at Austin in, uh, in round three, I believe, three or four. Um, and they brought it back to 20-all. So that showed what they can do. They, they went all the way to the end, didn't get the win, but but got the draw and came away with two points, which has just kept them there. So, like I said, Dan, we've got to keep an eye on Utah. No shame in uh, getting out of Austin with a draw. Mike Gilbronies, they're the real deal. You've got to watch them. All right, let's jump on to Old Glory Atlanta. We've kind of already talked about this one with Jason Robinson. So, the big standout for me was, you know, Declan O'Donnell on the wing finds his form. 15 carries for 151 metres. Mark, he looks like he should be playing in the back row. He is a dead set meat axe. Like whatever, whatever he is eating, whatever his lifting program is, sign me up because he is just an absolute specimen, but he is a busy winger. He will pop up on the left, on the right, in the middle, everywhere. Former Kiwi Sevens player, but uh, he's come into this side at the right time. This was a great game. I called this one. So I'll get your initial thoughts and I'll dive deep into it. Yeah, I was I was really uh, anticipating this one. I, I honestly, before the game, when I thought of uh, harder to pick than a broken nose, really, Dan. Um, th- and it showed in the end the score. Uh, Atlanta, you know, early on it looked like they had the rub and they were taking control. And then, um, but DC, as we mentioned before, especially steered by uh, Jason Robertson, they um, they just kept in the game and and, and maintained control. You mentioned. Um, some a, a bunch of players who you didn't mention there is old DTS, uh, and and I think he he just had his class as well was sprinkled throughout that game. I love watching that guy play, and I just feel like the players around him just uh, just lift when he displays his his flair, and he looks like he's really you know he's really made uh, made a home on the East. It's one of those players, DTS, that when the ball starts heading his way, the crowd anticipates like they know something's going to happen and I do too whenever I call him in his games 
as you can see that shift, Tusitala loops, Robinson plays out the back, and all of a sudden you see DTS starting to come up to the line and that ball goes out. And you got threatened Palamo and DTS there, and you're like, Ooh, something, something special is about to happen here. And, you know, it's almost better than 50-50 when he gets the ball. He's going to make something happen. So he's a special, special player. I agree. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's the same when the crowd would react uh, with Dan Power on, on, on the field, you know, just always on the edge of their seat. So I miss those days. No one got water out as quick as I did, Mark. No one. Don't you ever forget it either. My <laughs> Dan Power. You're always reminding me. All right, bud. Let's do your game. This was another absolute cracker in San Diego. Oh. Rooney, San Diego, 24-20. San Diego remain undefeated. But I get the feeling that Rooney may be ruining this one a little bit as a game that may have got away from them. Definitely. Again, they it was one of those weird games. It was it was a real uh, it was a battle up front, definitely, and uh, a battle royale of the scrum, which is not my forte, Dan Power, by the way. So it's it's always tricky to call a game that was. But it, it was it was impressive just to see how much of a battle it was, uh, and and you, it looked as though Rooney were absolutely going they were going to crush San Diego early on. But San Diego found another gear, especially in the scrum. And it really, you know, those up front kind of matchups, and especially in the scrum, and you see how pumped up they get when one pack just gets one over on the other and it lifts the rest of the team. So San Diego found their way back. It was, a, it was an arm wrestle at set piece. Unfortunately, a lot of reset scrums. But it was such an arm wrestle that it was quite stop-start. That's not to take anything away from the other action that happened. Once the game opened up, uh, both teams look, looked fantastic. But I just got a... My, my lasting taste of that game was that San Diego were in control, you know, and especially when they start to get the ascendancy in the scrum. But again, Rooney with their class and some of the individual players, you know, they were right there and, and they scored to bring it back to 24-20 and were pushing again to take the game. It's amazing. Most of these games just have that. You mentioned Utah versus uh, Seattle, it was all Utah in that second half and they were coming back, they got in front. But moments later, Seattle are back in front and could have shut the game down to win. That's how I felt about this, this Rooney team. They could have easily just got back and snatched victory at the death. But San Diego just had enough firepower and control to hold on. Yeah, they do. They've almost got that feel to them. You know, Chicago Bulls in the 90s, New England Patriots, no matter how bad it looks, you always think, well, they're going to come back. They're always a chance and they always calm, cool, collected. They've had big game experience. They've got big game players. Even missing Nonu and Duplessis, they still looked like a very potent, dangerous side every time they got the ball. So, man, I, I don't see anyone in the West really challenging them. Things can change. Injury, form, we've seen that before. So it'll be interesting to see. They've got a tough one this week. and We're about to talk about this team next the hottest team in Major League Rugby, I'm talking about, Mark, Austin Gilgronies. So All of right my Gilgroniacs. We stayed up late. We ate our vitamins. We said our prayers. We got down on our knees and we prayed to Adam Gilchrist and said, Gilly, give us a win. And they delivered. 24-20 over the Houston Sabercats. The Texas Cup, it didn't exist on Thursday. It exists Saturday night. And we took it home, the most prestigious title in Major League Rugby, the Texas Cup. And it lives in Austin. What did you think on this one? Once again, just so pleased. Not just for, uh, you know, for, for Austin, 
who new look team, new management, new ownership. I hear from the camp that they're that they love playing rugby down there. They're really forming some bonds and camaraderie, and just just enjoying everything that that Matt Burgess and uh, and and Adam Gilchrist are doing and providing for the players down there. So it wasn't any surprise that they finally finally got that win after how many games? Was it something like twenty? 20 in a row? They haven't, we, they haven't. we had the draw. It's close to two years because in year one, they started well and then they just didn't win a game. They 22 months. 22 months. There you 22 go. months. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So yes. you can imagine the delight. Uh, and as you said, so I was extremely pleased. I think it was great for the club, great for the team, but great for the league as well. Because you know, no one wants to see another team that struggles that much that they don't get a win. And now, I said before that uh, Colorado got the monkey off the back, that this was, a, this was a gorilla that they unleashed off their shoulders. And who knows now, once that, uh, they've got that pressure off, I'm excited to see what they can do. Yeah, some players coming in. Cowley, Kurt Morath, Will McGee, all setting up in camp. No more quality coming in. Good feel, good culture around the camp. Could go on a run here. Little shout out for my uh, for my man at hooker there, two try Tian, old try time getting a double again. He's uh, flying up the try scoring charts, Tian Erasmus for uh, for Austin, and then Mason Pedersen as well. Really impressed with young Mason Pedersen, young kid out of California. He's been a, a, a diehard Austin guy since year one, and he's gone through a lot with them. Bit of a roller coaster last year with some injuries, but. Good to see him in form and playing well for uh, for the Gilgronies as well. And what a win this was. Anyone that stood out for you uh, performance-wise from either side? Put you on the spot. Sorry. Uh, no one. No one. I, I mean, I, I, I like Pedersen. You, you, you said that. I, I, have, I have a personal connection with him. So I, I tend to watch, which is probably not great of me, I tend to watch players that I know and I, and I want to do well. Uh, and I always, I always enjoy watching him. So for a change, it wasn't the backs. It was actually, I know I'm just repeating you, but Erasmus, I really enjoy. You can't go past him with two tries. Four now for the season. He's one behind the leader, Hatting. So it's just, it's really nice to see front row players shine, even though I'm a centre slash winger. So I'll just, I'll just piggyback of what you're saying, Peterson. I love watching him in defence as well. He's just... There's something that sticks out in my mind. Uh, I know I'm not talking about this game right now, but he, one of the first tackles of the match against New York, he absolutely smashed Matthew Bastero in Vegas. Uh, it, it was very, um, it was similar to the cult following or uh, Matt Dunning-esque, if anybody remembers watching Super Rugby and Matt Dunning for the Wallabies and the Waratahs. He was just a character and he was just an unlikely athlete. And I feel like Pearson, although not as big as Matt Dunning, um, can't say that now. I think Matt Dunning's uh, 150 pounds ringing wet. But um, Peterson's got that about him, that X factor and that athleticism. And he's a really exciting player. Well, that's a lofty drop goal Dunning. So all we need Mason Pedersen now is to hit a field goal down by yeah. four at uh, the Sydney Football Stadium, and he will reach that echelon as well. The only thing he hasn't done. The only thing he hasn't done. So Let's talk a little Houston now, because this was our uh, team of the week was Austin. So this was, you know, the game of the week kind of comes into this one as well. 
What's going on down in Houston, mate? What are your thoughts down there? Oh, I don't know. I mean, again, I thought for them, another turnaround. They've had mixed results the last two seasons. And finally, it's come late, but they've got their home ground. And uh, that, you would think, it seems to have done wonders for Austin. Uh, a new home, it always makes a difference. to have uh, When you have a place you can call home and really be proud of with the facilities, and that's what Houston have. But there's just something, there's just something missing. And I, I think they just need to string a couple of wins together. It sounds simple, but it's amazing what it can do for a camp. Again, from what I'm hearing is there's, there's nothing, there's nothing to, from cohesiveness to the feeling of the camp. The guys are happy. You know, they have great facilities. I think it's just a matter of getting a few wins in a row. And then a, a winning camp is a happy camp. But Unless you've heard anything different, Dan, that's no. I think I just need a couple of wins. Yeah, looking at that roster, I like the looks of it a lot. Talent there, like you said, it's just a matter of uh, jumping that last hurdle, right? Getting a W, tight game that goes your way, bounce for ball, maybe a little luck. They opened the season with a win over Colorado, and that's kind of I thought maybe this is going to be the year. I actually had them as a top three candidate out of the yeah. West, but yeah. season's not over, but still a long way to go. But yeah, they they're going to want to start challenging in some of these tight games. They are, but, yeah. They're one of those teams that also fight to the death, which is good. They've got that fight in them, which, which is, um, you know, understandable why you would choose them as, as a top three candidate because they can play the full 80 minutes from my experience. But, you know, they're, they're just, uh, you know, it's early days. Early days. Hey, let's jump into this week's game. Now, there was some objection last year when you came onto the show mm-hmm. and made your picks for Pete. He... He cried, complained, you know, that he lost the competition and he blames it on you and your picks were bad. So <laughs> I'm going to give Pete the chance right now. If he objects, just all he has to do is say, I object and these picks won't count. Pete? Okay, nothing. Good. Let's move on. Game one. <laughs> New Orleans at Utah, buddy. Now, this is going to be a big one. Both teams coming off good wins. Uh, Utah on the road, New Orleans down there at home. Utah's home opener on Friday night. It's at 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 Pacific. Who are you taking in this one? I love Nola. I, I really do. I, I, love, uh, I love the coach. I love the players. I love the administration. I love the field. I'm going to take Utah in this one. Um, <laughs> I, honestly, again, I, I back up. Again, I've, I've been able to, uh, to, to watch them closely. And when you hear the words of former World Cup winning legend head coach say that these guys are operating at about 50% right now, if he can get them to 65 this weekend, that's going to be too much for Nola. It's going to be a tight one, as all of these games are. And um, am I picking the score? No, no, I'm not going to. I'm not, that's too much. We haven't even seen a roster, so let's just go for a winner for now. Sorry, she's... Nola. Sorry, Nate Osborne. Good buddy of mine, head coach of Nola, Utah's. So, do you want the roster because it's up? I no, pull. no, no. Don't give it to him yet. Give it. Send it to me privately, <laughs> well, Aaron. You know how this works, Aaron. We have an arrangement. Just because Pete's not here doesn't mean you have to favour Mark because he's our guest. You favour no, me. Don't want it. Don't want it. Go on. What do you got, Dan? What do you got? For I'm, I'm going Utah as well. I. Wise. You know, I was always hesitant in the first two years with Utah. I felt like you'd get a good game, then you'd get too bad from them. But I really feel like they've turned a corner 
this year and they're starting to string together some form. And, uh, you know, Chris Latham doing great things out there. Like you said, uh, a guy who's got plenty of experience and knows what it's like to win big games and probably instilling that into his squad. So, and, you know, um, they've just got a good coaching path. Uh, staff, I've got a lot of time for Sean Pittman uh, as a person and as a coach as well. So I think he's doing great things with the forwards. I think they're going to... I think they're going to surprise some people in the West here and, and could find themselves in the playoffs if they keep playing as well. So I'll go Utah as well. I agree. Let's not forget that you've been to their, their stadium. Uh, it's not too dissimilar to the feeling and the energy of Seattle when they feel that Utah and they've showed some form now. They had diehard fans turning up even when they were, you know, bottom two of the table overall last year and they still we're able to pack out the house on like a Sunday. So they've got that fortress and that home crowd behind them as well. It's a daunting task for Noel. I think we've got snow coming Saturday. So the fact this is a Friday night game may actually boost the crowd because people are going to want to get out while the weather's decent, knowing snow's coming. So, yep, good call on that one, Stabby. Big crowd. Yep. All right, game two, Saturday, four Eastern, one Pacific. It's Houston at New England, Union Point Stadium, christened. Here for Boston, or New England, sorry. We don't want to just encompass just Boston. We want all of New England. So who you got in this one? You know what? I would say, I mean, the the Free Jacks, again, have been struggling a little, and they're desperate for a win. Now they're at home. I think they need that that, that backlash, or or they're going to see their season start to slip away, especially with the competitive East Conference. If Houston were traveling a little better, I might say there's an opportunity for them to, to, to snatch this one over struggling Free Jacks. But I'm going to take the Free Jacks. I think they're going to find their early season form. And again, they have no choice. So, New England. I'm going to go with you again, just to be boring. I think Hadakiyama got some time last week. Ty Gleed will be better for a hit out in New Orleans. So, when those two are healthy, New England are much better side especially at home, crowd sounds massive. So they've actually extended the the facilities there to fit more wow. people in. So it could be a really, really big crowd. And Boston is a sports mad city. They love their sports up there. So if they can get up there, christen their home ground with a win, great things coming in New England. I'll go New England as well. Yep. All right, moving on. Sunday, Ooh. 3 p.m. Eastern, so midday in beautiful sunny Los Angeles where you are. It's Seattle. The defending champ staring down the barrel of one and five against New York. Mm. Mm. Yes. Again, it's just traveling from the West to the East Coast. It's a big task for any, for any West team, especially from the Pacific Northwest. Um, and I, I just think Rooney, you know, they looked good against San Diego but I think they left a lot. They left a lot out on that park that I think they're going to bring this week. So I'm going to take, I'm going to take Rooney in this one. Um, the Seawolves will put up a really good fight. I think they're just struggling a little bit with some of their combinations at the moment. So yeah, I'm trying to talk myself out of it. No, Rooney, Rooney, Rooney. Yeah, my heart says Seattle. Just. Love Seattle, love the team, love the culture. A lot of the players, the ownership, everyone there just have always been great. Um, but this is a tough road trip, really tough 
road trip. And then, I don't know, I just think Rooney's starting to find a little form too. I think they'll be a little healthier, not going to the West Coast for San Diego. But this will be a tight game because this will be a desperate Seawolves. But I think Rooney at home might be a, a little bit too much for them. So I'll go Rooney as well in this one. Yeah, that's very wise, Dan. Thanks, man. I'm learning from the best. And I love Seattle too. Don't get me wrong. And I love Rooney. I just love yeah. everyone. That's a good way to be. It's a good way to be. All right. <laughs> Kicking off at the exact same time on the exact same coast is Colorado taking on DC at Cardinal Stadium. So three Eastern, midday Pacific. Who do you like in this one? <sighs> this is so... I... Look, I, I think... On current form, yes, Colorado uh, snuck a win. They looked strong uh, also against Utah, although really didn't put them to the sword. I think the concern about Colorado was that they uh, took the foot off the gas a little bit. Um, I'm sure Pete Borlase has addressed that. Uh, They had a tight win against Toronto, a big team. It was at home. They're on the road. I would like to see Colorado do the job, but I just think current form-wise, old Glory's going to take this one. Yeah, hard to argue. I still think there's a couple of defensive deficiencies in the Raptors, and they play right into the strengths of DC. DC not too strong at the set piece. They're still working that out with the scrum and the line-out. Colorado's scrum not where it needs to be to really challenge them there, so that becomes a bit of a mute point. But that back line for DC is just... Unless Rennie Ranger can crank the clock back 10 years, um, it's going to be a tough day to defend that back line. And I think Colorado at the moment, they really do rely on those big players, uh, but they get a lot on their shoulders. And if if DC, we talked about it with Robbo earlier on, right? Robbo, JR, Jace, what do we agree on? He he wanted Jace. Jace? Yeah, but Robbo's good too. I like JR. I mean, especially if he's a little junior for Texas team. But JR, um, if they if they they've done their they've done their homework obviously on on the big players of Colorado, and if they just neutralise those players, then Colorado hasn't got a lot to fall back on. If you know what I mean, to step up. So all they need to do is just neutralise some of the, the the big players, the big impact players like Rooney Ranger and Emerson, and uh, and then Colorado are going to struggle. Yeah, and the Beast is in a race to make it this weekend. Looking like he will not play, but haven't uh, ruled him out just yet. So, we'll be close to see. All right, mate, last game. And this one, I think, is going to be a special one for you because I think you're calling this one, right? Sunday, 9 Eastern and 6 Pacific on Fox Sports 2. San Diego at Bold Stadium against the Gilgronies. Who you got in this one? You know, my... My head says San Diego. But listen, I think I think the league is due for a massive upset. And I'm gonna go out on a limb and say this is gonna be the game. And I You're think not. I think the Gilgronies are gonna somehow squeak this one at home. They're coming off a win. Honestly, what it can do for it for a team and a squad in general, when you finally get that win you've been looking for, they won't be complacent either. There might be a little complacency. And we haven't said, have we got the rosters? 
Aaron? No, no, not that far out. No, no, it's 48 yeah, hours. So. Right. Okay. I, I just, you know, I think this might be, uh, I'm not saying Rob Hardley would do this. You know, the only one that is available if you go to where you, where I know you have access is the Utah, Colorado. Gotcha. U- New Orleans. Or Utah, Utah, yeah, Utah, New Orleans, not Colorado. That's on Sunday, right? Or is it? Yeah, yeah because it's Friday night. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, all I'm saying is there's a real threat for San Diego with five wins out of five to, to be complacent and perhaps rest some of their players. I mean, you could, you could forgive a coach for just saying, all right, we're, we're doing really well. We're playing against one of the bottom teams in the West. I'm sure they had a win, but here's an opportunity to rest some of our players and bring give some of the young guns in the squad a chance. And there's a real danger if you do that. If you do that. So I'm just going to say, even if they don't do that, Phil Gronies are going to come out firing. And uh, I think they might do enough marketing and promotion to get a decent crowd there behind them as well. Phil Gronies for the win. Uh, here I am thinking there's one game that we will differ on. We've been the same all the way through. And uh, I'm the number one fan for the Gilgrone. I'm like the Gilgroniac. And I'm like, we'll differ on this one for sure. But no, you're going for Austin as well. <laughs> I'm right or die, man. I have I have told the guys yeah. that it's Austin or bust. I go for the Gilgronies every week, no matter who they play or where they play. So upset away. And you know what? If the results go as we predicted, Mark, yeah. Austin would then jump into the top three in the West if they beat right. San Diego. How good would that be? That'd be amazing. And again, it's, it's, it's great for the league. That's what we want. We want to see, and we were already getting the results that just reflect a really great product and an exciting product. There's just no blowouts. I think the, in terms of the scores last week, nine points was the largest differential. And most games were, you know, one within two to three, four points. We want to start seeing that on the table as well. So... Yeah, this would be great for the league. And um, and I tell you what, watch out for Austin if they start getting ahead of steam. Oh, yeah. Rags riches from, from Bush Light to Dom Perignon, all in the space of a few weeks. Major League Rugby. I love it. It's the best ever. All right, buddy. Any, uh, any final thoughts before we wrap this thing up? Just that I've had such a lovely time with you guys tonight. Um, thank you so much for the opportunity and... Again, I'm really excited about the weekend ahead. Love what you guys are doing here. And um, it's really all I've got for you, mate. Just it's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. And thanks for, and thanks for copying me on, on every, single, uh, every single game. I probably should have gone first every other one so it didn't sound as bad. But, yeah, I, I promised you that's the way I was going. Well, Mark, I'm looking forward to a Sunday night at home in my PJs with my feet up watching you on Fox Sports 2 for that game on Sunday. But uh, apart from that, it's going to be a great weekend. Obviously, uh, hey, Aaron, do we have any reviews or, or comments on the, on the um, I guess, any of the systems that the podcast goes out on? Fans out there? Anyone want me to do a homer in person? Give me one second. Oh, all right. Until then. Firing, firing this up. Let's yeah. do Homer. Hey, Homer, how you doing? Hey, Dan Power. How's you doing? Oh. You were like my favorite person when I was a kid. So cool that you've joined the show. How's Marge and the kids? Who the hell? Oh, oh, Marge. Oh, yes. Uh, Marge. Yeah, Marge. She's, uh, she's good. She's, uh, she's uh, bowling tonight and I'm looking after the kids. But I love this rugby stuff. Uh, we do have a review. 
We do. Um, from yesterday. Uh, but that is a skill, Mark. Yeah, oh, he's good. That I want is him a to skill. Do a game. It's rusty. I got to say, it is rusty. With a bit of practice, I could find my former. It, it, I used when I watched the show. I don't know, and don't ask me how I ever figured out that I could do it. But uh, it, it's certainly a, it's certainly a party trick. That is, what? Let's do it right legit. here, right now. If the fans want Homer Simpson on the sideline for an MLR game this year, comment on this post on <laughs> social streams. And let's get Homer on the side. Even if it's just for a quick quick hit on the sideline, <laughs> get Homer on the game this year. So we need, we need <laughs> yeah, the fan support. Yeah, uh, wow. wow. That was good. But uh, from Rubly, or it's Rubly, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Rubly, nine. Uh, five stars. Sleeping Giant is the title. Great uh, to hear some insider news for rugby. When and where is the final plan for 2020? Uh, I think we have a good idea on that one. Uh, can we get some information on Taylor Adams, AKA Tazer from the arrows uh, seems to be the most least talked about big addition to the league. Um, I have to say uh, he's had a good season so far. As far as I know, he was week to week last week. Adams, Taylor yeah. Adams. Oh, the fly half Adam. for Toronto. Kenzie was week to week. The scrum half. I thought Adams had played every game. Uh, then I don't know why he's asking the question on. Uh... Oh, he wants to get some more on the show. He wants. Oh, to... okay. So uh, rudely nine, aka uh, Mrs. Adams. Sure, we can do a little bit <laughs> of threat on Taylor yeah. Adams, but uh, we we need a we need a Toronto game. I guess they had a loss against Colorado on the weekend, but uh, I think they're on a bye this week. So, yeah, won't be anything next week, Mrs. Adams, but I promise we will get some more Taylor Adams news to you as soon as the Arrows get playing again. Well, good. That wraps up another show. For my best man, Mark Stabina, for Homer Simpson from Springfield, and Aaron Castro, our producer. I'm Dan Powell. This has been the MLR Kickoff Podcast.